0: You're listening to the e commerce insight show brought to you by The Good.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is Ethan. I am a conversion strategist at The Good, where I support our small, medium sized business clients. Today, I'm really excited to be joining you guys to share some thoughts on product detail pages. Product detail pages or PDPs, as I'll be referring to them throughout this podcast are really fascinating aspects of e-commerce websites since they're most often the place that a user is gonna find one of those kind of key pieces of information that they really need to convince them to convert from just a visitor on the website into a customer. But we look at product detail pages a lot, and there are so many common pitfalls that I see with how brands present their product information on these pages. This can include not paying attention to what's being shown above the fold on desktop and mobile, not considering the flow that someone's taking in terms of how they're arriving on the page, or failing to clearly highlight the features of the product and contextualize how these features will actually benefit the curious shopper in language that they can relate to and understand. So, given that we have these issues, I wanted to start off by thinking about some key questions that you can ask yourself to help determine the best strategy for you on these product detail pages. One of the first questions I'd ask you to consider is, how expensive is my product? I'm asking you this because the higher the price, the more important it is to contextualize your product benefits, tell the story, and provide tangible value in the social proof that you're using on the page. Another great question to ask is how complex are the decisions that go into purchasing a product? You might have something that's very simple where all someone needs to select is the quantity that they're looking for. But in other cases, you might have a product where someone needs to select the size, the color, something like flavor, and in these situations, there's a number of factors to consider with how to present this kind of information on the page, and I'll dig into that in just a moment. One last question that I'd ask you to ask yourself is how do users arrive on the product detail page? If most of your users are coming from an internal page, you can assume their familiarity with your brand's unique selling propositions is significantly higher than someone who might be landing on that PDP for the first time and could need some background and context information on not only the product, but your brand's story itself. So, Given that there's some common pitfalls and these kinds of questions that you can ask yourself, let's start breaking down the typical flow of a product detail page from top to bottom and cover some things that are going to be really important for you to consider with each of these individual elements. So one of the first things that someone should see when they arrive on a product detail page is the product name. This is really simple and relatively intuitive information, but it's also a great confirmation to a user that they're in the right place. And especially if they came from clicking uh, on a selection either on an advertisement online or a collection page within your website, it's just letting them know that they're in the right place. Some other important above the fold elements that I'm going to cover are things like teasing your ratings and reviews, highlighting your product pricing, having clear hero images, and ideally a carousel of images. Whatever product specification selections need to be made, I just touched on things like color and size, a clear call to action button, and the product description. So depending on the path that a user might take to arrive on the product detail page is going to impact what should be shown first. For example, let's think about someone who might be arriving from another page on your site. If they're already familiar with some of your brand's unique selling propositions, they know some of your story, you might as well go ahead and include as much of the buy box or the area where someone can make their product selections and actually add the product to cart as prominent as possible. It's not gonna be quite as important to make sure that you're telling that story since they're already somewhat familiar. However, if a user's landing on the PDP for the first time, really focus on highlighting a short description and some of the unique selling propositions potentially higher on the page. Brands will often feature these unique selling propositions directly beneath the Add to Cart call to action. These are wonderful places to let your users know about lenient return policies, fast and free shipping, or your warranty information. This is especially impactful for new users arriving on the page, but it can also be a helpful reminder and reinforcement for users who have been browsing on the site already and might be looking for that one last piece of information they need to remember to help them actually convert into a customer. So let's dig into a few of these elements more deeply and let's start off with the images. Regardless of what you're selling, users are going to want to see the product and visualize how it's going to fit into their life. High quality product shots are very important, but be sure to include some shots that add context as well. Whether it's something simple, like showing the product in use if you sell clothing, show that clothing on a person, or if you sell something that might have a slightly unexpected size when it shows up, be sure to show it next to a commonplace object to indicate how large or small that product is going to be. It's really helpful to feature user-generated images, but in the hero image carousel, I'd recommend that you stick to your brand shots of the product and things that you know are really high quality. We'll touch on those user-generated images a little bit later when we touch on social proof more. Further, it can be really powerful to show a video. Users love watching videos instead of reading text, so if there are commonly asked questions about the product, see if you can answer them in a video or otherwise, just simply showcase how beautifully designed your product is, maybe show about the craftsmanship that goes into it, and really just try to show some detail about the value that you're bringing to the table in a quick visual format. The next thing I wanna touch on is the product description. The product description is distinct from the full product details and specifications. A product description should be able to succinctly describe some of the main features, use, and benefit that this product is going to add into a user's life. Oftentimes, we see best practice as brands using actual customer language in these descriptions. A really helpful place to look for this kind of customer language is to read reviews and pick out terms that customers use when they're describing what they like about the product. This terminology is going to resonate a lot more clearly with any curious shopper then potentially some internal marketing jargon that might have surfaced its way to the website that you know you understand, but it might not be relating to what users are actually thinking. Next, the call to action. The call to action is of course the most important button on any product detail page. And in this case, the main call to action should be an add to cart CTA. This is the main action that we wanna see a user take by demonstrating their purchase intent. Make sure that the call to action to add to cart is clearly found above the fold and it's high contrast from any other elements near it. Some brands opt to include a buy now CTA beneath the add to cart. And there are a number of factors that can influence the effectiveness of these buttons from pricing to your user demographics. The best way to find out if this is going to work for your audience is to test it. We've seen examples of it working very effectively and other examples where if we direct a user to the cart and potentially try to upsell them some other products, it's just a little bit more effective of a purchase flow that also drives up average order value. Now, I touched on product complexity a little bit and I wanna dig back into some of these product specification selections. So let's think of an example of a simple product that requires no specifications to be made before purchase. If there's no specifications that need to be made before purchase, the only thing you really need to think about is quantity. If your average order quantity is less than 1.5, you might not even need to highlight the option to let a user add more than one in the product detail page itself. Make sure that you include this in the cart if you opt to remove it from the product detail page because there are situations that are going to break from convention and where users might want multiple. However. If you sell a product that requires users to make a decision on things like size, flavor, color, etc., make sure that all of these decisions are contained together and directly above the Add to Cart button. Another important thing for these kind of selections is to make sure that you're using tooltips where necessary. A really common example of a tooltip here is a size guide provide small links to these tooltips and make sure that you don't ever bring a user away from the page. Instead, try to opt for a modal or something that pops out and allows them to understand what selection they need to make, contextualize that size guide maybe, and then jump right back into the page to make a purchase. If you're bringing them away from that page to simply help understand a decision they need to make in order to make a purchase, it's just really going to make them start asking more questions and take their focus away from actually making that purchase decision. So, One of the last things I want to touch on for these initial aspects of the product detail page are upsells and cross-sells. If you know that users who buy one product would often benefit from buying another, don't hesitate to feature these prominently on the product page. There are various ways that you could test featuring these upsells or cross-sells, including adding these to the cart confirmation or the cart itself. These can be especially effective if you have a free shipping minimum that the given product doesn't meet. It's an awesome way to drive up average order value and let users receive the benefit of free shipping by featuring prominent cross-sells or upsells. Not to mention, they should be getting more benefit and value from using products that are going to work well together than buying one product on its own. So... We've just spent a good chunk of time discussing some of the features and elements that should be found above or near the fold on the product detail page. So let's dig a little bit more into what else should be typically found on these pages and how it's best to implement them. First thing we'll dig into is product specifications and details. Below the fold, you should take an opportunity to provide a longer version of the product description where you focus on the features and benefits of the product. Again, try to use plain language that your customers will understand. If there are multiple products that a user might be deciding between consider showing a comparison guide, highlighting the main differences between the two. There are oftentimes some key attributes that a user will be looking at and making sure that you can call these out effectively and show the differences between the products is going to just facilitate an easy purchase decision and make sure someone's happy with the product that they receive. Next one of the most important aspects of any product detail page is social proof. Outside of showing review stars at the top of the page to give some impression that your product is well used and loved by people, there are a number of elements that should be considered to demonstrate and add more social proof to your page. The first being an actual review element itself. Reviews are typically shown near the bottom of the page and are likely linked to whatever review star teaser you have at the top of your page. You should always show the star rating, both visually with the number of stars that the product is receiving filled in and numerically, for example, 4.8 out of five, providing this context just gives users an additional validation that your product is used by other people and that they can trust you. Great ways to build out reviews and make them feel more personal is by attaching customer names and images. This gives a sense of personality to the reviews and just makes them feel more authentic giving users the option to add images of themselves using the product can be even better. Giving curious shoppers context as to how this product is fitting into the life of another satisfied customer is a wonderful way to build trust and provide some really convincing evidence that someone should make a purchase decision right now. If you end up gathering a number of customer images, whether these are captured through reviews or potentially through social media hashtags, it's awesome to feature these in a user-generated content carousel. Just showing how many people are using the product and contextualizing the use cases that other people have found in them can be very, very effective to help people get that convincing information they need to convert. Another way to go above and beyond with reviews is to ask users to rate various attributes of the product. Things like the inherent value or features can go a long way in helping someone make a purchase decision. Simply asking a user to rate the value or the features on a scale of one to five just gives you additional proof and numbers and validation that you can leverage to demonstrate the value that your product is adding. Last thing that we'll touch on is recommendations. Recommendations are critically important to feature near the bottom of your page. If a user has scrolled all the way down to the bottom of the page and they haven't found what they're looking for, this is still some significant evidence that they're interested in something you have to offer, but maybe the product that they're looking at right now just isn't it. So a wonderful element to add right above your footer is some product recommendations, and you can title this other visitors looked at or you might be interested in to make sure that people continually have a path to maintain focus on their purchase journey and keep products that you're selling in front of them instead of potentially inviting them to abandon your site and start looking at your competitors. So all in all here, Product detail pages are one of the cornerstone steps that a user is going to need to take in order to make these purchase decisions and become a customer. Remember, use language that they're gonna understand, consider how they're arriving on the page, and if you're not sure what's gonna work best for your audience, just test it. Thank you so much for listening, and we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to connect with us on Twitter, at The Good, And also, we'd love for you to explore a vast insight library containing articles on every aspect of the e-commerce site experience at thegood.com slash insights. Thanks for listening.
0: Hey, everybody, this is James again. And before you go, I just wanted to invite you to join one of the coolest things I get to work on as director of marketing here at The Good. It's called the e-commerce insiders list, and it's a private version of this podcast feed that gets you access to tons of additional bonus content, like extra interviews, Q and A sessions, website teardowns, and anything else we can dream up. It doesn't cost you anything but your email address, and we promise to always respect your inbox. This is just our way of forming stronger relationships with our listeners and making sure that we produce content that is actually valuable to you and to your business. If you're interested, you can join the rest of the e-commerce insiders by going to thegood.com slash podcast and dropping your email into the form at the top of the page. We'll follow up with directions for how to access the private feed and you'll be off and running. Like I said, this is one of my favorite things that I get the opportunity to work on because it lets me interact directly with e-commerce founders and leaders just like you. If you're interested, I'd love to see your name pop up in my notifications. Until then, keep an eye out for the next episode of the e-commerce insight show and we'll talk to you soon.